Welcome to 10 Years Out, stories from my queer community. I'm your host, Sam. I identify as queer. My pronouns are she, her, and this is my 10 years out. <laughs> Today on the podcast is my new friend, Janan. Hi. Hi, Janan. Hey. Thanks for coming on. This is so cool. This is so great. Janan and I got connected in a random way, but not so random given what year we live in. Um, a friend of mine shared a reel on Instagram of you talking about your background, which I'm not going to give any spoilers on. Um, but when my friend sent it to me, I was like, oh, I need to reach out to Janan and see if she wants to be on my pride project. Sorry, what are your pronouns? I don't know your pronouns. She, her. Okay, cool. Yeah. <laughs> to see if she wants to be on my, uh, my pride podcast, because based on what I saw from your story in that reel, I bet you've learned some things. <laughs> so what are your pronouns? We already did that. How do you identify and how long have you been out? Sure. Uh, identify as queer and, uh, coming out was a, like a slow fade in. So it's, it's challenging to say, um, I never really had a moment of in the public sphere where I was just like, Hey world, guess what? Uh, I guess if I were to put like a tick on one moment in my life, it was the time I came out to my mom and then the time I came out to my dad, I was 19 and I've actually never thought about this. Like the years, <laughs> the years that have passed, I was 19. And then with my dad, I was 22. And I really count the dad one the most. Cause yeah, my dad's Palestinian, the Muslim guy. Um, Anyway, that was 22, I'm 35, I'm doing math live on a podcast, and that's 13, <laughs> that's 13 years, 13 years, though, it, if you count this, the first time I was, like, in public as a, you know, non-straight person, I was maybe 16 or 17, so, like, almost 20 years. Okay, yeah, a lot wow. of people have, like, part A and part B of their coming out stories. Yeah. And some people just have a long fade, which is totally valid. Yeah. So what do we need to know about your story before your backstory, before we get into what you've learned since coming out? Um, well, now I am a yoga teacher um, and a stand-up comedian, which both uh, go so well with the background that I have, because um, I the only thing I could do at the end of the day is just... Uh, laugh and find a deep meaning and connection and all the things that have happened to and with and around me. <laughs> I was raised here in Texas. Uh, where are you, by the way? I'm in West Virginia. Oh, okay. Okay. I didn't want to make the assumption. Okay, cool. So we're one time zone away from each other. Yeah. And i um, born and raised here in Texas. Uh, I've only lived outside of Texas for two years. Uh, and I am half Palestinian. My dad's, uh, he's a Palestinian ref from a refugee family. So he wasn't even born there. He was born uh, in or around a refugee camp in Kuwait. Oh my goodness. So my grandparents met at the refugee camp. They were um, forcibly removed from their homes in Northern Palestine, which nowadays people call Israel and um, met, had a lot of kids. And one of the kids, my dad got a scholarship to, Texas A&M oh of all places gosh. 
uh, for software engineering in the eighties and showed up with his handlebar mustache and his curly Arab guy fro and was like, (laughs) hello, hello. And uh, him and my mom fell in love. Uh, She's a white Southern lady who just happened to be finishing up high school at the time. She's like a senior in in high school and college station. Um, They met via my grandma, who's the most like country lady you could have ever did meet. Uh, And they got married, uh, waited seven years to have me. I'm the oldest. Um, And I was born in Austin, Texas. Nice. Um, lived there for a good chunk of time and then just moved all around all over Texas. Uh, I was raised Muslim. So I went to Islamic school. Uh, I would say about half of the years I was in school, I was in a full on Islamic school. And the other half I was either in like smart kids, private schools or like a fancy public school, but I would go to Islamic school on like Saturdays or Sundays, whatever it was in the city. Cool. Listeners and Sam, please know that I am not a representation of Islam and how all Muslims are. My story comes from a really strange community of (laughs) very, very conservative backwards people. Um, Like it was, am I allowed to curse on the show? It's okay if not. It was was fucked up. (laughs) It It was a fucked up community. I wish all those people the best and I wish them well and I hope they change many of their ways. But at the time it was very like gossip um slander uh a lot of like witch hunting activity uh we would look out into regular american society and be like they're idiots can you believe they let women in bikinis like i i in islamic studies i learned not only like the history of like religions and stuff through the the lens of conservative islam but also learned the literal geography of hellfire and like the specific punishments that one will get for the things that they do including being acting i should say acting like a homosexual because i was told you could be gay you could be queer whatever you just can't act on it Uh like at that point just become a nun like Mm -hmm. the muslim version of a nun Mm -hmm. then then you're like the master of calming your animalistic instincts Mm -hmm. you know and you could like use all of your energy for god instead of for you know hiv getting or something like that so (laughs) There seems to be a lot of overlap between your conservative Islamic community and evangelical Christianity in the South. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, which is so interesting because I'm like double, it's like double down, you Uh know, in in Texas and then also really, really Muslim. And then 9-11 happened and the Texans and the Muslims were like, hmm, maybe we don't get along. It was such a strange time to be in that space. I wore hijab for four years as well. Um, my, if you don't know what that is, hijab is the head covering. I was not forced. I decided to on my own because if you wanted to be popular in this Muslim community with other women, you, you actually became more religious. Gotcha. However, being half American, growing up in regular mainstream American culture, like MTV is awesome. Music is amazing. I want to go to the concert. So I lived like a double life for a good number of years. Um, I you know, you weren't, we weren't allowed to date or like be alone with the opposite sex. I have a stand-up joke. That's just like, <laughs> they were like, okay, Jinan, you can't hang out with the boys. You can no longer study with the boys or play with the boys. You can only hang out with the girls. And I was just like, thank you for leaving <laughs> me alone with your daughters. And at a point when I was 17, almost 18, I had started using different kinds of drugs, like stealing pills from people's parents and, um, you know, getting people to buy us alcohol and that kind of stuff. So 
Yeah, I hit a lot of different rock bottoms. Whenever I thought there was going to be a stronger rock bottom than the one I was on, or like a lower rock bottom than the one I was on, it would just, you know, the floor would open up. Um, so I ended up like being a little homeless. I mean a little because like I wasn't as homeless as the poor folk that you see now. But like there was about a month there was didn't have a place to sleep because um, I had moved out and didn't have work or any life skills at all. <laughs> uh, got to a point to where... I was like, I can no longer live this sort of double life where on the, yeah, I'm just like doing what I want to do. Like these dating, all these people, because I wasn't making decisions from a place of love. I was making the decisions from a place of like rebellion and only mm -hmm. rebellion. Uh, yeah. And I don't remember where I started that sentence with, but basically the point I was getting to was I found yoga <laughs> Uh, so ironically, um, my parents actually divorced. My mom left my dad for a woman. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. No one saw it coming. I mean, in hindsight, we're like, okay, yeah, like we could kind of see the sights. But I, the, our household was pretty anger filled. And uh, my parents mm. themselves, they have pure souls and they're good people. But there were a lot of abusive moments in my childhood, like a lot, because they come from families of abuse. So I, I'm just in a long line of like, you know, trauma, 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 me. Parents divorced, my mom, like I came out to my mom and then that's when she left my dad. Just timing was not on purpose on her part, but it did make it a lot harder for me to tell my dad. Oh no. But, yeah, and and so after the divorce, he got really, really depressed. A friend told him to join yoga. He's like, uh, okay, fine. Um, he ended up loving it, which you wouldn't think a really hardcore Muslim guy would get into going to like warm yoga classes in Dallas, mm -hmm. all these skinny white ladies, but he mm -hmm. did. And he invited me to go. I said no for a long time because it weirded me out. I thought it was Taibo. Like I thought, I didn't know what yoga was. I thought it was going <laughs> to be lame. And it kind of is lame, but I liked it. So I went and was just like, this is great. And started going all the time. Him and I enrolled in yoga teacher training together. Oh, how fun. In, in 2013, I felt like I was getting to know my dad for this first time because he had like you know, given up a lot of old ways mm. from, you know, the big break that happened in his life. I came out to him during the training because it became obvious living a lie is just going to like cause disease in my heart and soul and actual body. Uh, he took it pretty well. Um, I like, but better than I thought, uh, just was like, I love you no matter what. Cool. Wow. And, um, our relationship is, is, has been on a journey since then. Cause then he met a new wife. He was really religious and he was like, never mind, I'm not cool with it. Uh, I won't talk to you ever again. I'm so sorry. And then and like, like a few weeks later, he was like, Hey, how are you? And I'm like, what, what are you doing? Huh. He like sent me, he was sending me funny memes. And I'm like, what? you said, you said you're inside to me. <laughs> so, you know, he's just a guy that was also super brainwashed by a very conservative upbringing and has a lot of fear around it. So I know he's doing his best and, and we're great now. Like he finally, after eight years of knowing that I'm with my now forever person came and visited us and hung out. Uh, like three months ago. That's awesome. What have you learned since coming out? Two main things. One is the importance of personal responsibility. Mm. And um, there's a good chunk of time in which either I was actively rebelling or trying to fit in 
And that that's yes, before I came out and also after. Um, and when I was doing those two things, instead of taking ownership and authorship of my own story, I was just letting it write me, mm-hmm. letting what other people say and think and do write how I wanted to feel every day and the person, the kind of person I want to be every day. And personal support responsibility can be a hard pill to swallow, you know, especially like when traumatizing things have happened. Mm. Cause it's like the anger I feel toward, you know, folks that have said hateful things to me, you know, when my dad didn't accept me in the moment, um, certain parts of my relationship with my mom in the past, uh, the anger I feel about it is justified, you know, like, sure, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm allowed to have those feelings. However, <laughs> um, it would be irresponsible to have those feelings be what drives my everyday actions and also my overall perspective. Um, so personal responsibility like I, I was saying, it's a hard pill to swallow because it's just like, I want so badly for other people to change, you know, mm-hmm. um, for conservative folks to like pull their heads out of their butts and like see what they're doing isn't good for themselves or the world. Right. Um, I also, personal responsibility um, in terms of the, just like the coral world in general, um, like I've had a couple of people in the past get upset with me for not being like an like a enough of an activist about things. Uh, okay, you know, it, so it's almost like the like I'm not I'm not like um, fighting the fight enough, mm-hmm. and uh, in that way, I mean, my personal responsibility is to live my life happily, and for me, it's like her. Hell yes, I want everyone to have equal rights. Everyone, queer people, people of color, um, you know, poorer folks, uh, just anyone who is being treated unfairly. Of course, that's like every action I do, I'm ensuring that like I'm doing it enough for that. However, um, if I'm letting that like maul or dilute the quality of my own life, then mm. I'm ultimately like being like you know, part of the problem. Um, because it's like when there are two sides opposing each other, they both have taken up a position and they're just going to be like, it's just going to be this forever. Mm-hmm. If we just stop playing the game and start living while also like standing for what we believe in, that's where, um, where I've learned that like personal responsibility is my greatest tool. I'm going to say weapon. <laughs> but I, I do mean it as a weapon. I do mean it as a weapon. And in re- like, that's a nuanced thing. That's a whole other podcast topic. But basically, like a good warrior, a good samurai, a good, you know, like ancient person in battle is the best when they never have to use their weapon. And so mm-hmm. that's what I mean by that. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing. So personal responsibility is the first big, big thing that I've learned. Um. The second thing that I've learned and it stems out of that is we each have the power to create heaven on earth. Um, we each have the power to uh, stop cycles that which have caused suffering and pain. 
And creating heaven on earth looks like radical acceptance, um, radical forgiveness, and then like trust in something bigger. So this is my yoga teacher talking now for sure. But it's, um, and so forgiving those that which even currently do wrong, even currently uh, hate, you know, even currently uh, like don't accept me. I, I've just got to like be who I wish they would be. And so my, what I have strived to do and what I've learned to do is like at any given moment, I can walk into a room and create heaven on earth. Even if I'm walking into a room of Westboro Baptist church folk or, um, people who are super into blue lives matter and not black lives matter or hanging around my, um, my dad's side of the family, you know, like personal responsibility leads me into being able to create the harmony that I want to see. And it's not pacifism. That's not what I'm saying either. I just mean like really being able to get like to get how and why someone ends up the way they are. Because like, I either got to just be like, okay, the devil is real and they're evil, (laughs) which seems like a freaking cop out Mm. or hmm, something has happened that I have no experience with that has this person really feel like they're doing something right. Mm. So what could I learn? What could I see? How could I have them feel heard? How could I have them feel listened to while still being myself? I mean, that's, yes, that's beautiful. And I think we all need to strive to do that more with the people in our lives. I wish people understood the relationship between spirit slash soul and live like everyday lived life in our bodies you know um, oftentimes that our physical body is seen as like just separate from mental and separate from spiritual i believe they're all the same and so the reason why i want people to understand the interconnectedness really not not even interconnectedness because that means they're apart but then they have lines between them they mm. are just the same thing they're the same thing Humans will always feel feelings that are either pleasurable or painful. Okay, cool. Okay, I'm going to go through all these ups and downs and I'm still content. I'm still happy. When I make decisions to either do this certain workout or watch this certain show or have this particular conversation um, or even like make choices about like how I dress or um, just how I'm presenting myself in the world, if I haven't resolved or even started to resolve, I, I'm not saying everyone should become enlightened before they do anything. That's insane. But if I haven't started on that journey and I start to go do other, those, those are the things I'm never going to feel satisfied. Mm. There will always be an emptiness. I don't believe that organized religion is like the, the answer, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do feel like belief in something is, is something and then rituals around that are key to have a person start on that journey so that then they can make choices about themselves. And I'm speaking from personal experience because I had so many different phases after I came out of like who I thought I was and like what I wanted to be. And, you know, if I wanted to like change my pronouns or um, start taking hormones or anything like that. um, I had a little like notion of just like, start with the soul stuff first 
And when I did that, I have since in the past, like even five years, even three years, it's not even been that long, made choices about who I say I am in the world, how I represent myself as a queer woman that I might not have made before. And I'm really glad that I went and found my wholeness and my spiritual happiness before doing that because it's my mental health is so much more safe than it was before. I, I feel like I have a foundation to make decisions on versus like nothing at all. And then trying to like use the decisions to patch up how like, you know, fucked I felt in general with, with how my mind felt and how like kind of lost I felt, you know, I was like, I I don't belong in this body. You know, I don't, uh, um, yeah. And, and with personal responsibility being like the end result of that, I'm now like, oh man, like, I don't care how society actually sees me, whether I'm Arab or a woman or by the way, I'm really short or short. Um, I'm going to just act the way I want to act. And then the way I act is going to define those things. Like when you think of an Arab person, I hope eventually that not just like dudes in a turban and women in a scarf pop up in people's heads, but like Mm. a queer tattoo having cool person like me is also like, yeah, that's Arabs can just look like everybody, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's what I wish what people understood is that it starts with spirit. It starts with um, wholeness and the spirit and the soul so that then they can make decisions about their, their mind and their bodies. Yeah. That's interesting. That's something that I have struggled with personally since, since coming out because it's indirectly related to coming out because I left the evangelical church behind when I came out. And then I tried to, I tried to be one of those queer Christians who somehow balances, balances both of them. Yep. But at the point when, and I've talked, I'm not going to talk about this too much because there are other episodes where I go into it more, but at the point when my foundation in Christianity and the evangelical church started getting shaky because of the Bible and interpretations. Mm-hmm. I left it. I left it behind. Um, yep. And people talk about being spiritual but not religious, and I don't know what that means. Like I don't. I don't understand spirituality without a religion. Yeah. I have I have no concept of being a spiritual person or, nat- or nurturing my spiritual self or listening to my spiritual self. Like it means nothing to me without yeah. associating it with a religion. So yeah. that's something that I personally have. <laughs> like right now, I'm just focusing on the physical and the mental and the emotional. And if I somehow figure out what the spiritual side of me is sure i will i will nurture that at that point <laughs> yeah that's so the same i mean how many gay muslims do you know uh, you're the probably, first probably none and i don't really even go around going i'm muslim <sighs> like i haven't been in a mosque and i don't know how i've been in the mosque in turkey as a tourist you know like i haven't yeah i guess it means I, if you if you mean practicing or cultural too yeah and so um you know i I had kind of that break as well i was like dang is there's even such a thing as progressive islam because like i really would like a community of people in my culture that i can relate to that that like do these beautiful rituals to worship something 
that's bigger than all of us, but isn't that old man with a beard in the sky being like, you better please me, children, or mm-hmm. I will burn you in a fire. Like, that's insane, first of all. Why I does just... your Why does your God have a German accent? <laughs> I don't know. I we, mean, always, we can get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I've done a good, good amount of, like, research in the whole world of, like, okay, progressive religions. How does it look? Christianity does a pretty good job of having different sects that are just, like, anything goes, bros. You do you. Jesus loves. And um, that's cool. And that might work for some folks since it isn't like any part of my existence on this planet in this life. It's hard for me to get into that. So this is something that you could just check out because it's like really cool. It's called Queer, the Queer Muslim Project. Okay. And it's a whole Instagram dedicated to trans and queer and just like all different identities, Muslims oh, sweet. sharing their stories. And like I thought, first of all, these people would all be murdered by mm. like real Muslims. But mm-hmm. That's not the case. I just grew up in such a crazy little community. But what I've come to learn is like, okay, Janani, either got to do one of two things. I guess one of three things. The first thing is don't try it all and kind of quietly suffer about it and just turn a blind eye and ignore ignore it, which is what I had been doing for a good number of years and being like, yoga, um, namaste, spiritual, you know, spiritual yep. but not religious. Yep. That kind of works. I'm not, I'm not bashing on that hard. Like yoga isn't a religion but it is a lifestyle that very much imitates one right so anyway um second option is uh just go to a masjid that's okay or a church that's okay and turn a blind eye to all those things from the bible or the quran that are problematic for who i am the third one is change the religion the third one is um don't just assume that everybody who practices the religion knows what the hell they're talking about even if they're the world's most premier scholar and go find out from my self like which means a lot of work it would mean for the quran learning arabic and like interpreting for myself am i interested in doing that no though i have found folks who are interested in doing that that have dedicated their lives to that now i like talk to them on social media and i've created like a little mini community with them and so i'm not like a full-on practicing queer muslim or anything like that um however i have found more solace in knowing that like oh actually according to the folks that truly represent the religion for me that have like looked into the teachings in a way some people haven't and like completely refuted what I thought was unrefutable, you know, mm-hmm. um, knowing that they're doing that. And when they say like, Hey, God, Allah, like the entity that, which we cannot describe because it is not human in any way whatsoever is not going to smite you or send you to hell because that's crazy. And you being thankful is actually for you to feel good. Please do that. That's the kind of teachings I listen to. And I'm like, all right, that's relaxing. I feel so much better that I'm not having to like fit into this perfect little Muslim box Mm -hmm. to just be like accepted and normal. Is it by all Muslims? Hell no. But it's by me and the people I care about, which is kind of like exactly what queer culture is as well. Mm -hmm. Long story short is... Of those three options, I've chosen the third, change the religion. Now, I'm not a person that's going out there and like studying and becoming an imam and like giving sermons, yet I support the people who are doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We need all sorts because we need to make heaven on earth. (laughs) I'll let you know if I ever connect with a spiritual side of myself, quote unquote. Well, 
I don't have anything to say about that other than you can't not connect with it because you're speaking out of it right now. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about this. It's way it easier. It doesn't need to be all like, woo, to be, yeah. to be spiritual. It's just like this freaking plastic bag from HEB is a spiritual entity. It just is. It exists. It's magical and beautiful. I appreciate that perspective a lot. I'm going to I'm going to take that with me. I'm going to think about that. Yeah. If you could go back to your past self, what would you tell yourself? Well, I do this in therapy all the time. So. Yep. <laughs> so uh, let me just pull up my latest session. Um, well, I would tell myself that uh, no one deserves anything bad that happens to them. Mm. You don't deserve anything bad that ever happens to you. Anything good that happens to you is not on a deserve or don't deserve basis. It is just the, it, it's those things are like the signposts to keep pointing you back to like love and happiness and forgiveness. So pay attention to those. And then I would say hmm. that you're a strong ass bee and um, you can do anything you want. That's cool. Is there a quote or song lyric that you would like to leave us with? No matter what, especially when I don't know what to do or I feel like reacting, what I do know that is always true is to respond with love. Mm. Nancy Perry, if you're listening to this, correct me if I quoted you wrong, but I'm pretty sure that is like one of your mantras. So thank <laughs> thank you for saying it over and over again. Yeah, yeah it's great. Res- responding with love. That's great. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for being on. I hope that this was enjoyable for you. Yeah, this is great. Thank you for reaching out and having me. Yeah. I love having these kinds of conversations. It's like the reason I even have my own podcast is so I could just talk more about the things I want to talk about versus, you know, like, the everyday stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, listeners, if you want to connect with Janan, uh, all of her links are going to be in the bio, in the show notes. Um, so you can find anything there. And until the next episode, keep acting out of love and try yes. to create heaven on earth. Yes. Thank you, Sam. Bye. See ya.